Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. This is the weekly, uh, the Comics Pals Weekly Show, where we talk about comics. And today, there is an invasion, an ultimate invasion of superhero comics because all five, count them. Thank you. All five books today are Marvel and DC Comics. We have Ultimate Invasion, number one. Boy, oh boy, have we been waiting a while for that. Oh, yeah. The Incredible Hulk, number one. Avengers, number two. Gotta love it. Titans, number two. These books are just on the same track. So that's always going to be fun every week or every month. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and the listener pick poll winner, Wonder Woman 800. Um, not that thick. Not, it wasn't that, that bad. not that thick. Not it, that thick. It wasn't. No, no, I don't. No. Yeah, right. We, we just got a comment that says uh, we can't hear Tyler. That's Tyler. not good. Tyler on mute. Dang. Muted right, like well. a hoe. <laughs> what? Oh, damn. Tyler self-muting. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's like, so, I can't hear your voice. Isn't he Catholic self-mutilating? <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's too deep for us, Kale. Um, you're writing sitcoms now. You're writing. You're thinking about shit. I, just, I gotta work my know, way down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I want to preface what I'm about to say and show by telling you guys that this is not mine. Okay, this does not belong to me. I did not purchase this. Okay, but what is it? My cousin. Mm, <laughs> Bean okay, Bean. <laughs> Oh, was just he, you know he shops at whatever comic book store he shops at. Fucking Scrooge McDuck in it out there. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, Wait. he told me I met up with him and he said, "Listen, you know this cover is so amazing. I know you're gonna want to show this off. And what I'm gonna do is, let me see. Okay, will this work? Uh, I'll show you. I'll yeah, this will work. I'll show you the <laughs> price first. Oh no." I'll show you the price first, and then I'll show you the cover. Okay, so hopefully you guys can see it. I'm showing it the, off. The now. price is twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Yo, sit yes. down, Momix over there. I'm gonna go with one dollar, Bob. One dollar. <laughs> and by the way, can we hear Tyler's? Tyler's. Uh. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah I, I saw what I did wrong. Yeah. All right, very good. And so now I will reveal the cover to you. This is a Wonder Woman 800 cover. That uh, my cousin spent thirteen dollars on. So here we are. <laughs> Not uh, nearly as yeah cheesecakey as I expected. Yeah, I expected worse. I expected a, a Scott a Scott Blair foot a foot uh, variant. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you thought it would be like a horny cover? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, this is a this is a beautiful cover that honors Wonder Woman. Our this cover. is. Yeah. I thought this was one of the best Wonder Woman covers I've ever seen, and I was really I thought it was really cool sure. that he bought it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so who, who is who do is you that? think this is uh hmm. 
There is a credit, but I can't. Uh, oh, Don't David Nakamaya. Oh, okay. No, this will never be open. <laughs> Unless oh, I is get... that Nakamaya? The... Yeah, yeah. That's what it says on the back. No, that's good. That, that guy does the real good um, Marvel Legends box art. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'll return this to him. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for letting me share that. Now. Bean. Bean, Bean, Bean yes. Yeah, Bean, yes. Who yes. apparently doesn't wear pants in public. Who told you that? He said, oh, he said he was Scrooge McDuck in it. Never mind. I so didn't even just, say that. He just doesn't wear pants. Yeah, no, oh Scro Scrooge wears pants. <laughs> Scrooge has money for pants. And by the way, I am drinking the worst beer of all time. Yeah, um, it looked a little it's, darker. It's Yeah, it's not good. I, I just wanted to try something different, and it is not good. <laughs> and also, by the way, hello to everybody in the chat. You guys are all beautiful. Thank you for yeah. being here. And hello to anyone Let's... who's on TikTok. We're live on TikTok. Oh, yes. Oh, hello, shit. TikTokers. Oh, you all whoa. hate us. Ganoosh. You all hate us, and we don't we don't feel that way about you, <laughs> uh, except sometimes. So no. let's talk about Ultimate Asian number one. Finally, what Jonathan Hickman left the X-Men for, he abandoned, he made a family, okay? He abandoned it, and this is his new family, is, is the ultimate invasion. So he had a child with Brian Hitch. And it's this comic that I hold in my hand. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, that's cool. He, he went out for some Krakoan milk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, this is by the aforementioned Jonathan Hickman teaming up with Brian Hitch, Andrew Curry on inks, Alex Sinclair on colors, of course, and Joe Carab Magna on the letters. So this is an issue that is really about one thing. What is the maker doing and why is he doing it? Now, of course, we can surmise the answers to those questions. He wants to bring back the ultimate universe, right? And that seems obvious, which makes this feel in some ways like an issue zero. Because everything in yeah. this comic book is obvious. Where I thought it shined is where it always shines with books that Hickman writes, which is in the strength of the dialogue. And I thought, you know what? Some pretty damn good 2023 Brian Hitch art. I'll, I'll get to the art on this, but I, but I agree on the dialogue. I think the dialogue is, is really good. Specifically, it's nice to see uh, Hickman writing 616 read again um because his 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 read like his main universe read richards has always been a little a little guarded and kind of uh not quite the maker but like something's a little off about him and that one bit where the maker and him have that one like two line you know interaction i thought it was great i was like all right this this feels like Fantastic Four. This feels like uh, uh, New Avengers Hickman. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. This doesn't feel like House and Powers of X Hickman. This feels distinctively like his Avengers stuff. That's an interesting observation. I want to think about that. Okay. Mullet. I want to think about Mullet. that. Okay. So we knew that we would see the maker make a visit to Miles, right? Uh, we knew that the Avengers, the Illuminati, were going to oppose him. So everything that we 
you know, we knew everything that was going to happen in this book. Did it bother you that you knew so much coming into it? Uh, no, because I think what the 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 pleasant surprise here is is the dialogue. You know, we've seen the preview pages. It's basically everything we've already seen. There's very little in this that's new content, with the exception of the actual dialogue. Um, and that's for me why I'm like, I'm a bit like, okay, let's we'll move along. It's, it's you know this wasn't a spectacular issue for me mm. and i expected that i'm i'm not mad about it yeah i don't think it really like we didn't know much but this also isn't much more than what we already knew probably. and we still don't yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I think a zero issue is a good way of explaining it. But I think that's fine for an introduction because sure. it feels like it, it feels good to acclimate. Like I, I, my understanding of the makers through you guys specifically, my understanding of the, the ultimate universe is through you guys specifically. And so this, in order to be like, hey, this is sort of this is the stakes it's very plain it's an engaging story it's an engaging narrative and done so in a in a way that keeps me reading i i thought this was a solid issue just out the gate so i i had i had fun with it and it um i think the art is the only piece where i didn't i didn't feel like i was in the ultimate universe i was expecting maybe something different um but otherwise i felt like Hey, if I'm going to get introduced to this in any way, I couldn't imagine another way. It's pretty solid. Um, one thing about this too, though, is it moves quickly. Yeah. Um, the longest part is the the maker breaking out of prison, mm. and then the conversation with Miles. Um, but even like the big confrontation that's on the cover of the book. Isn't that big a deal? It's it's like two panels, yeah, and it's like you know uh, Scott McCloud uses the the gutter as like you know the passage of time or whatever. You are making some leaps in those gutters. <laughs> I, I did have some questions. Um, I don't know when damage control became so powerful. They were controlling. They had you know the maker in their possession. Uh, that that must happen somewhere where I didn't read it. Private um, prisons, you know. That's... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, America loves that stuff. Oh, is that what and that was? When did Black Bolt come back? That felt a little contrived. It's like, oh, we wondering. need the Illuminati there. Um, yeah, I think what's he's up with dead. that? <laughs> I, 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 I'll fully admit that I'm. I've been out on all the Inhuman stuff, so I don't know. There hasn't been any. That's the thing. I thought he was gone. Yeah, there was Death of the Inhumans, and there hasn't been an Inhumans proper book since. If someone in the chat actually knows, uh, we would love to hear yeah. it. And, because, and they throw out like I, new yeah. new Adeline too, and I'm like, what? Where did that happen? Where, what's... Yeah, in Australia or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I thought this was this was this was great. Um, the the opening sequence, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, it's not. At all, what I thought this book would start with, I didn't think I didn't think it would start with a heist, you know, with some goons. 
Um, and one of the questions that we had was, is this the maker's big face turn? And it's definitely not. Jonathan Hickman answers that question very strongly here in this first sequence. And I think that's what's always been fascinating about the maker is that he's Reed Richards. So even me, I've read almost everything that the maker's been in. I have loved this character from day one. Even me, knowing how awful he is, I'm reading this dialogue and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. He just wants to go home. No big deal. I didn't expect that he was going to turn these people into a into a, 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 a goop of each other to make him a copy of himself. First of all, that was absolutely disgusting. But second of all, what a cruel thing to do to people who just broke you out of prison. This dude is callous. It, they it were was criminals. very, yeah. Well, yeah. It was very Dark Knight opening, you know, with the heist yeah. where the guy who controls yeah. the heist is the one actually the only one that gets away. Oh, you know? sure. Totally um, agreed. But I like the difference here sure. is like it's Reed Richards. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. as soon as I open those pages, seeing those like goons in their military uniforms, I'm like, oh, this is Ultimate Brian Hitch right here. This. Yeah. I felt it right away. I, I know, Marco, you're not familiar with the Ultimate Universe, but as soon as I opened this book up, I'm like, yep, this is it. Uh-huh. In, in, in terms of, like, the the look and, a, like, feel of yeah, the book? Yeah, Brian Hitch was the guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he's, I mean, for better or for worse, and I want to talk about it when we talk about Miles, but his art, his art style hasn't changed that much. Um, who, 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 did, um, who did Ultimate Spider-Man? Bagley. Bagley, okay. Yeah. Which, that, that's, again... That's, there's some comparisons, but I think that's what comes to mind first when I imagine ultimate stuff. And mm. even then that's like the extent yeah. of it. So, so I was trying to compare it, I think to, to Bagley at that point. So, so I pulled a panel. If we want to talk about Ryan Hitchhart here, um, when he's talking to miles in, in two things, well, I pulled a page from it. Um, two things jumped out to me about this page. Uh, first is that um, when the maker talks, he talks in, Uppercase and lowercase letters. All ultimate like, characters had like that. Yeah. Sentence um, case is what that yeah. is. But like Miles doesn't, and I never noticed that he changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, until they were on the same page together. So I'm like, all right, I can see where the, the I guess, allegiances lie in terms of universal stuff. So I thought that was mm-hmm. a cool play because I've never seen them on the page together. Um, but, but Brian Hitch, he really fucked up Miles' mm-hmm. hair, man. Like, do you see the the way that like um the line is cut into his it's like a pizza slice. It's he 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 fucked my dude shit up real bad. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. It's a it's really one of the worst yeah. haircuts of all time. And I'm not quite sure why people can't draw Miles' hair. It's not even like he has a he he barely has hair. How do you get this wrong? It's like you see his skin color and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I have to draw these lines. I have to, I have to cut lines into his head. Like, I'm black. I don't do that shit. Why does, why does Miles have to have hair like that? It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's real bad. My God. Um, but speaking of the, the Miles sequence, and, and Tyler, that was a great analysis and catch on the, um, the different the casing, the, ty- mm-hmm. the typing there. Um, I didn't catch that myself actually. So really, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's, somehow it, I didn't. Somehow it's an I ultimate didn't. universe like thing. Yeah, I, I know to... it from the ultimate universe, but I didn't catch it in this book. I I didn't. I, didn't uh, I thought that Dave, was a maker thing. 
they played it in uh, Secret Wars too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I think Miles. I someone would have to double check me on this, but I think Miles had uh, the lowercase sentence case in Secret Wars. He did because he was still yeah an yeah. ultimate character. Oh, um, interesting. But speaking of the Miles and and Maker conversation, I don't know about you guys, but I was worried for Miles. Um, because we don't know what it is that the maker wants to do. And the fact that he invited Miles makes me feel like, okay, so he's inviting him to go, you know, be in the ultimate universe. But why not force him? Why why is he concerned with whether Miles goes with him or not? Why does he care to make him a, a just an offer? Because he said they were brothers. Like, I think he feels a companionship to Miles just in the base that, like, they're the only two left. Right. Yeah, I don't don't see it as any more than that. I have common courtesy. But why? But the maker is such a callous person. I mean, we saw what he did in the Ultimate Universe. Why? I'm just surprised that he has this in him uh, to offer this to Miles. Well, in, in light of the end... I think it was, I think it's reverse psychology. Like, hey, you want to tag along with me? Like, let's go. Like, we're going to hang out. So now there definitely is no Spider-Man in this in this reboot of the Ultimate Universe. I see what you mean. Mm, I could I see, see that. And I wonder why that's significant to the maker. That's a very interesting uh, thing that obviously, you know, we're going to have to wait to find out. Um, uh, makers but been I love... my fanfic you know no peter only miles yeah <laughs> i love um the fact that jonathan hickman you know he he places these bombs these landmines within the book and it's just like you gotta gotta read on you know we'll learn what his big plan is down the road why mm-hmm. there just can't be a spider-man for some reason is he gonna stop the creation of all these heroes is he gonna is he gonna insert himself into that moment in time for every one of them and stop them from becoming? I, I mean, if that's if if there's any indication from that end, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Two uh, two things here. Um. The maker would know uh, how formidable Spider Man is because he's one of the only people that. Uh, made it through Secret War. Peter Parker and and Miles were together, right? You know, so they they all duped it out, and so there to a degree that would make sense that he would want to take Spider Man off the board. But I also think uh, Hickman was really smart to use that uh, moment because it's so iconic. Everybody knows Spider Man's origin. Let's mm. fuck that up. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was extremely effective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, And then, of course, we can't not talk about the return of the Illuminati. The reformation of the Illuminati in this book. You know, everybody saw, of course, the preview images that they were together, but we didn't know exactly what that meant. You know, this appears to be an emergency meeting. It doesn't seem as though the implication is that they've continued to meet in secret. Um, that would be a big surprise. Uh, I, for my money, I like a little bit more hooking, getting into a moment like that. But I can't lie and say that when I saw them together, I didn't pop. I definitely did. 
and it was a little bit the the way they describe the they explained them having to come together again was that like the maker was specifically targeting them, you know, right. specifically targeting things where they would have to come together as a force again. Mm. Um, they haven't since <laughs> the aforementioned Avengers uh, run by Hickman. So, and so you know, I hate to cast aspersions, but like the the Black Panther dialogue in here compared to Avengers, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I think Hickman gets it, and I wasn't happy with the Black Panther dialogue in Avengers. Mm. Whereas when I read him here in Hickman's book, it feels natural and authentic. I don't. It feels like they're writing two different characters. The Black Panther in Avengers is very antagonistic and arrogant in a way that doesn't befit T'Challa to me. Um, and people have different uh, different ideas of who that character is, but I really enjoyed every character Hickman wrote. I thought I felt they were all they all felt authentically them. I think though Hickman and um McKay, Jed McKay, yes, Jed McKay mm-hmm. are they're doing different things. You know, Hickman here is leaning on the classic characters that we know. Whereas McKay, I think, um is working from a more uh, precise continuity. You know, I don't know what's going on in Black Panther, but, you know, I get the impression T'Challa's a little grumpy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so. And, and I feel like Avengers has to deal with the fallout of the previous Avengers run yeah. with what T'Challa did there. So this book kind of doesn't need to carry that. We'll talk more about that yeah, later. Once we I'll save it. my thoughts for the Avengers review. But um, uh, yeah, quickly before we move off that, Philosopher King has a great point. He, uh, Higman's written these characters also for so long; their voices are just good. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah. I yeah, I I completely agree. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the art because you know I know that Hick uh, Hitch. I'm sorry, Hitch is not always uh, celebrated. Um, but again, I thought he did an excellent job here, um, for what Hitch does now for, for where he's at now. I thought this looked great. Uh, I really like the colors, the, the like crazy, scary red of when the maker was using his machine and seeing screen. the Illuminati come together to oppose him in that sequence. That was awesome. That, and I, and I cannot wait I can't wait for when Reed and the Maker see each other again. I am so hyped for that moment. I will say, some people don't draw Iron Man well. Hitch draws a good Iron Man. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what suit this is. <laughs> uh, I don't, I've given up on keeping track of that. I, I, I would argue that doesn't make Hitch a good Iron Man. <laughs> but I, I like the way his Iron Man looks. It's almost like this weird anachronistic, it, it could be any Iron Man in, in, in any era. Um mm-hmm. I I do like these shots that I mean I like Hitch's art. Let's just let me just say that off the bat. I like Hitch's art. But there's a couple of shots where uh, uh Xavier's in the background and he's just a little ball of a head. <laughs> like he looks like the orb because <laughs> he's just like too far back to be detailed. I don't care what Hickman's about to do. You're not going to tell me Xavier is not the same person as the maker. <laughs> <laughs> you slow that. 
I'm still <laughs> on that. I'm carrying that torch all the way home. It's so weird to see them now on the same page when this is just Hickman aping himself over yeah. and over again. It's so funny. Like, um, it's a cool design, dude. Move on. <laughs> he can't. He can't do it, Kale. Uh, easy pull. I thought this was yeah. excellent. It's not my pick of the week. It might no. be. We'll talk. We'll talk more. But um, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, yes, it does feel like an issue zero to some degree, but I think that's fair when you are, of course, expect this is an event, so you're expecting a lot of people to come to it who maybe haven't read comics since the ultimate in, since the ultimate universe was gone. So they might need a little bit of a, a refresher on who the who these characters are and things like that and what's going on. So um, I thought as an introductory issue, it's excellent, but the next issue has to really, really ramp things up. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, it's, a, it's easy pull. Yeah. Yeah. No cheesecake uh, cover for this one, Sean? No, I didn't buy any cheesecake covers. And no. neither did my cousin. That Wonder Woman cover is <laughs> not can't. cheesecake. It's artistic. Got it. Okay. Huh. Yeah, come what? on now. Cheesecake Isn't that is what artistic. Stanley in the office said about hentai? I've never seen the office. So, uh, uh, Sean doesn't like to laugh. That's right. You know, that's so crazy because I, I laugh constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm always laughing. Um, your mom says hi on TikTok. <laughs> I couldn't Ooh. not respond to that message. Who's whose mother? It just says your mom. Oh, the royal mom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey uh, mom. Hello. My mom? Your mom. Nah, don't reply. Hey, so if you're watching us live right now, smash that like button. Even if you're not watching us live, smash <laughs> the like button. If you're enjoying the reviews, if you're having a good time, you know, we're here having a good time. I've got a beer in my hand, you know, reading comics, reviewing comics. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do, of course. Uh, but hit the like button if you're enjoying what we're doing. Um, if you appreciate us, head on over to patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we appreciate you guys so much that we're putting all, out a whole host of uh, great additional content for you if you are into what we do here there's a whole bunch of stuff you haven't been uh exposed to you get to influence our book club schedule um completely in the sense that you guys get to vote on what we review or what we do a book club on uh the next one coming up is actually on tokyo ghost we just had that conversation uh a couple of days ago and i'm still rocked i'm not gonna lie a lot of Tremendous conversation, tremendous comic book. Uh, so yeah, that'll be out on the fourth, which is also Kale's birthday. Oh, um, absolutely! And that was voted on by the patrons. So yeah. if you want to vote as well or get a nickname and a shout out on our main show, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheComicsPals. Speaking of the main show, that is every single Saturday at ten fifteen a.m. Eastern. This show is live every Thursday at six p.m. Eastern. Saturday, uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, a certain major corporation has been having some problems, and they're selling some things off. And we're going to talk about how that's impacting, mm. uh, you know, of mm-hmm. course, comic book films, comic books maybe in general. So we'll be talking about that and a bunch of other things. Of course, probably some AI talk too. <laughs> that uh, there's going to be there's definitely going to be some AI talk, Marco. You better come ready. Oh yeah. no, do some yeah. research, Rom. Do you want him? I don't think you want him on this one. I need eloquence on my side. 
it, he won't be on your side. <laughs> nope. Fair. Certainly not. And I also want to give a quick reminder that we will be having Tilly Walden on the show, on the main show, July 1st. We're very excited for that. Clementine writer Tilly Walden will be joining us. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, make sure you uh, set your watch and warrant to that. And everything else at the Comics Pals. Let's roll right along and talk about the second Marvel book this week. We are on to The Incredible Hulk number one. This is the new volume coming from Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Nick Klein, colors by Matthew Wilson, and Corey Pettit on letters, a name we'll see again a little bit later. So we just finished a run that, well, it was started by Donny Cates. Um, of course, it wasn't finished by Donny Cates on the on the on the writing. Um, Ryan Otley actually had to uh, step up and fulfill both roles, if I remember correctly, to yeah. finish that yep. story. Um, but we are on to a new volume. And as much as the prior volume was science fiction, this volume is leaning more into horror. So Philip Kennedy Johnson trying something a little different, which is not that different, really. That's what Al Ewing was doing. Um but again, leaning into the horror, and I think you can feel that right away from the word go. Uh, Marco, how did you feel about the horror vibe of this comic book? I was very excited for it because I remember of the first, I want to say, two volumes plus of Immortal Hulk that I've read. Um, that fit the character in a way that I would not realized was so like match-made. And so for this to sort of return, or that thematically to come back, um, I had a lot of fun with it. And I'm I'm already locked in as a fan of um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, so I was confident that the script was going to be good, the story itself was going to be engaging. I think also the um, the art was I think really appropriate. Nick Klein is not an artist that I've I feel like I've seen the art, but um, I am not as familiar with it, uh, but I thought it fit pretty well as well. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought this book hit those markers that it needed to for um, that sort of aesthetic. And I don't know, kind of hooked me on a, it, it, this felt like getting in on the ground for Al Ewing's run. Like you were there at the start and that was kind of, uh, that was exciting. So I, I thought this was great. I thought it was really good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Immortal Hulk is one of my favorite runs in comics in, the, in like recent memory, and in you're right, Marco. Like like Hulk as a horror book is a match made in, in hell, I guess. <laughs> um, but seeing them return to that because I I was not a big fan of Donny Cates' stuff, even though it had Ryan Otley and art. That was really the only thing keeping me there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was more like actiony sci-fi stuff. The Hulk's great when they really lean into the, him being a monster. Um, and whereas mm. Al Ewing's run was a lot of like, it was like horror, but it was like body horror, psychological in a way. This really wants to lean into, no, he's, he's a monster. We're, we're going to yeah. make this a monster book. Um, that kind of horror. And I was sold on this book the entire way. I'm a big Nick Klein fan. Nick Klein did some Thor stuff. Nick Klein did some Deadpool stuff. He's real good. Uh, uh, the art is, is fantastic. Um, and the, and I, and I pulled some pages from it, but the, the way they lean into the body horror of it all with 
almost like the thing esque body transformations throughout yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Where flesh just kind of still sticks on to these monster bodies, and the way that they kind of ripped apart, I was like, oh, they're not pulling punches either. Like even though this is a an Avenger level single issue solo book, this is like a Cap number one. This is like an Iron Man number one. This was like, no, this is not all ages. You know, <laughs> this is gonna yeah. get gory. It's gonna get gross. Um, and you're going to see some messed up stuff. And we do. I loved it. It was great. Has has one of the best um, Hulk transformation scenes I've seen in comics. Mm, yes. That was real good. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I, I think also to, uh, to like help accentuate that point, we don't see the Hulk until, you know, close to the end. Maybe the back five pages, if that. And I think that that's also a really good job because one of the things that in the previous run, you know, we got Hulk front and center, like page three, page one, maybe. And I think if you want to sell the the mood and sell this character as a monster book, that's what you need to do. You need to tease out your your monster. You need to tease out the, the beast. Wait for those transformations. Wait for the right time because otherwise, you know, you're going to, blow your load early on that and that's not as it's not as entertaining to now okay i've seen the character now he has to interact and that might even be a little clunky graceful turn of phrase there mark graceful <laughs> he so, walked walked right past it too like <laughs> dropping a gamma bomb there <laughs> horrifying um i i i i'm gonna be a slight outlier here oh because i didn't love this book oh all right i liked it I thought it was good, but I didn't. I didn't fall in love. Um, I really connected with Immortal Hulk. I thought that it was tremendous, just like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like this felt like that, but without the headiness that Al Ewing's run had, and so that made it feel, for me at least, a little bit less interesting. Now, clearly, Philip is building towards something um but i didn't feel it i I wasn't able to vibe with it the way that i did the way that immortal hulk number one felt like a revelation and maybe it's because it had been so long since we got a hulk run that presented the character in that way especially coming off of like hulk with a bodysuit with a tech suit or whatever and then uh amadeus chose hulk and all this different Hulk stuff they had been doing that just didn't feel like it was touching uh, what I thought was interesting about the Hulk. You know, uh, Immortal, you know, counteracted that. This just doesn't feel as refreshing as Immortal Hulk did. Mm. Um, at least not yet. Do you feel but it's derivative I will, of it? I hate to say that because that's that doesn't feel fair. Like, okay. there's absolutely no reason why you can't do Hulk horror. In fact, I would argue you probably should do that. Like that, that probably should be what, how the Hulk is presented a lot of the time, especially now. I, I mean, more in the sense that it's like directly referencing the Green Door and stuff. Right. Like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot. And and again, that's fair because that's what Donny Cates. There were they, they dealt with that to some sure. degree, and the Green Door is closed and everything like that. So okay, fine. But I need more. I need to see what's going to be different about this run. I think what's interesting um, is that uh, Johnson is doing – I think what he's trying to do, at least in this issue, 
is a it's very subtle um it's a very subtle spin on the classic hulk formula um when you think of bruce banner you know you tend to think of you know the guy who's hitchhiking and wandering and then the hulk comes in and has to do you know he saves the day or trashes the day but Johnson has the Hulk chasing Banner. And I think I find that really interesting because the Hulk is in Banner. Right. And how can that dynamic even work? Like, how can Banner even run from that? And he can't. And I, I like that. That's an interesting twist. And I'm glad you laid that out that way. I think what I need to see is how that's going to be differentiated from the idea that these characters have always been opposed. You know, we've seen them more united. We've seen them when one has power and the other doesn't. Most recently, you know, with Kate's, we saw the empowered Bruce Banner mm-hmm. um, finding a way to sort of, you know, tame the Hulk uh, to some degree. I want to see how the idea of the Hulk chasing Bruce is going to be presented in a way that is interesting and capitalizes on the fact that, that as you pointed out, they are in the same body. One thing that maybe I can, that that might tickle your fancy, Sean, is that this seems like the direction they're going is monster of a week. Yeah. Thing. You know, we got the Moloids, we got swamp thing. I mean, uh, giant size man thing (laughs) and, uh, ghost rider, you know, is shown in like a panel and like this mother of all terrors. I think it was, um, is like, all right, trying to summon all these monsters to, you know, find the Hulk. Uh, and I think that could, that could lead to some fun stuff. Um, yeah. I really like Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, yes. I think the stuff that he's doing is great. I don't think I could tell you if you didn't tell me you wrote it, though, if it was a Philip Kennedy Johnson book. You know, like, I still think he's finding his voice, if that makes sense. But it is still very good. That's a that's an excellent point. You, like an I, Al Ewing I, book, I can tell yeah. you that's an Al Ewing book without, you know, I could probably tell you it's a Hickman book. I can definitely tell you when there's a Bendis book. But mm-hmm. I think we're in that stage where, like, I think this could be one of those books that might be formative to, like, what we understand a Philip Kennedy Johnson book is going forward. Because I think he is molding that distinct view. Um, I, I wonder I wonder if this isn't that he's just getting into Marvel, so maybe he has a different voice for those characters. Because I feel like, uh, what do you do? He like the Last God, um, great book, great book. Uh, the the stuff he's been doing on Superman. I feel like I can I'm starting to sort of tell, but it's these characters where the sandbox he hasn't dabbled sure. in yet. And I think I think once you merge the two, he's gonna have this unified voice. So I think I, yeah I think I think you're making a good call out. That's that's what I need to see from this comic is the evolution yeah. of the voice of yeah. Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah. The yeah. whole package is great. The Nick Klein art is fantastic. Nick Klein is is a is a, a sta- is he a stormbreaker? He's a standout, <laughs> but is he a stormbreaker? Tyler, yeah. uh, make it make a new make a is new he a young gun. Yeah, I like the young guns. I thought that was good. <laughs> um, I, I will want to say, uh, Matthew Wilson needs to chill out. Um, the colors in this book are so damn good. Like he just needs to like maybe tone it down a little bit, buddy. Come on, um, because it's yeah. it is the the palette is all over the place in this. Like obviously yeah. you got to lean into the green, 
but like the green is reserved for like specific moments. Yeah. You know, Fucking. when you when you see that like mummified gamma monster, or when you see uh, Marco's friend uh, Man Thing, um, or when you see the Hulk, like it, it's specific to things, uh, and I yeah. it's great. I don't know, man. I'm flipping through this again. I don't think it's that specific. Is there a lot? There's probably a lot of green. It's a Hulk book. There's a lot of green. Um, but I, but I do I do I do remember like a lot of like nice cool colors to make the green pop out if that makes sense like you get a lot of the, like blues and stuff. It it almost looks like it almost looks like he started with like a black mm, okay. background and then put the colors on top of that. Like the the yeah, there's mood no white. and everything there's like is no just white. so yeah. yeah there's no white the mood and everything is just so. Uh, dark and muted. Hmm. Um, let's hit a couple of listener comments before we give our final thoughts on this one. Uh, Philosopher King says, did you guys read the teaser for this run in Hulk annual number one? No, uh, I skipped Hulk annual number one. I don't know about the other guys, but. I, I typically skip annuals, honestly. Yeah. The comics has not taught me to uh to think annuals matter. That's yeah, crazy because I've never mind. I'm I'm gonna save it. It's part of my newsletter, but annuals felt so different previously. Like that's fucking wild. I, I well, go I for it, annuals a yeah. lot of the time. It used to be the culmination of an arc, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. I think especially because you're a collector of swamp thing. Annuals were probably good. Yeah, they were mad good, dude. They they were they were, uh, yeah. It, if anyone cares, there there's a a whole like three paragraphs that I have it, on it on uh, my most recent newsletter. If anything, the uh, the uh, the anniversary issue, like Wonder Woman eight hundred, which we we'll talk about, it has replaced the annual. Ah, uh, see, I don't like those things. We'll okay. talk about that a little more. Okay, okay. Uh, Chillmonger says, "Is Philip Kennedy Johnson in the top ten at Marvel?" Uh, from a writer's standpoint, yes. In terms of the quality of his work, yeah, probably. But I don't think they name ten. <laughs> I don't even know that there is ten. Yeah, I, 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 I can name you ten writers at Marvel, but is it like, are we talking about like, oh my god, yes, this is the top ten at Marvel? I don't know if I feel that way. I, but that's kind of interesting, and I kind of want to do that. But unfortunately, this is not the show for that. Um, but I'm gonna try to remember that so we can do it. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to pull. Yeah. I love the creative team a lot. I think there's a lot of potential. I liked it. You guys loved it, apparently. That's great. I think this book is on the right track. I just need to see what is Philip Kennedy Johnson going to do to freak this a little bit and make it exciting the way that Immortal Hulk was exciting and refreshing. Book of the week. Hey. Oh, thank you, Kale. This is my book book of the week, too. Oh, three books. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Holy shit, guys. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm missing something. That's okay. We'll be back for the for the second one. It's not easy being green. (laughs) You you would know all about it. Let's talk about the Avengers. I don't even know what that meant, Tyler, by the way. Um, let's talk (laughs) about the Avengers. Talking about my gangrenous limbs. You're getting checked out tomorrow, I swear. Yeah. Oh shit. Um let's talk about uh The Avengers number 2. This is by Jed McKay with art by CF Villa, Federico Bleon colors and Corey Pettit once again on the letters. My man just switching sides. 
Um, or no, not switching sides. This is still Marvel. Um, I was iffy on the first issue of Avengers, and I had problems with the had problems with the with the dialogue for several characters. I didn't like Black Panther the way he was being written. I didn't like how Captain Marvel Carol Danvers was being written. Um, this issue did nothing to help with my problems. Um, I don't know. This felt like issue zero. <laughs> issue one felt like issue zero, and issue two also feels like issue zero. Why? Because these missing, mo- the missing moment, and the the idea that Kang is trying to figure out what that was, and these, you know, these huge events that Kang needs to, you know, uh, 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 let the Avengers know about. Like, we already know about all that. The tribulation events. We already know about that. So we're learning that information once again in print, in a comic, in issue two, when we really should be figuring out, like, okay, so what are the Avengers going to do about it already? This this comic book isn't moving. Do you think that's because it was in Timeless and you have to assume people didn't read it you know why would um, you assume if you printed it why would you assume people didn't read it what is this industry about well it, it i think, I think you're right yeah i think i think you're both right <laughs> yeah. i only knew time I, was happened because i looked at the the books coming out that week i don't remember them actually telling me it was coming out you know yeah i i had fun with this but i agree it's it's a lot of nothing I, i'm I'm kind of with you, but there, but there are moments in here that I did enjoy, like like the cat moment where he stops that guy from. That was great. Yeah, that was that was, great. Gr- that was great. Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yeah, you know, it's just like a great character moment. I think seeing Vision and Tony doing just like normal Avengers stuff was nice. It was nice seeing the Vision actually active on an Avengers team, doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of I don't know having a horrible family event happen. <laughs> Um, whatever it is he does yeah yeah so I, like like there's a lot of ingredients here that i enjoy um but it just feels like ingredients i don't know what the meal is yet i swear i know i didn't eat that guys i know i just we're getting there but um yeah it feels like i'm looking okay i'm gonna go deeper into this food analogy it feels like i'm looking at the chipotle counter and i can see all those good stuff but my burrito's not ready yet you know <laughs> i think i may be off marvel team books it's kind of wild to hear, like, you're like, oh, yeah, Vision's finally doing superhero stuff. I'm like, what was he doing before? We were not, what's going on? Like, I, I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're hanging out. They're being the Avengers. Like, oh, yeah, an Avengers book, yeah. An Avengers book. And then you guys are coming out here being like, that's crazy that he saved people from a plane. I'm like, It's a positive what? thing on my end, though. No, no, I know, yeah. but but I'm, I'm uh, surprised that that, is atypical or it seems atypical you have to call it out what's he what's he done since the tom king book yeah that's that's the point that was how long that was six years ago yeah okay but but hold on (laughs) glasses are off yeah i can't because soapbox is out what the fuck (laughs) i assume the avengers save a thousand people every day like what is the reason why I have to buy a comic book that costs four dollars three ninety nine 
to read about the vision and Tony Stark saving a plane from crashing. Listen, yeah, they do that. I get the point. Titans had the same thing. It had the Titans saving people and say, you know, saving uh, Borneo or whatever. You're and right. that made sense for some reason to me for the legacy of the Titans and the kind of team that they are and who Tom Taylor is. And I get all that. But you're not going to get me in on these tribulation events if we're going to watch the Avengers deal with regular ass shit. The Avengers are not for regular ass shit. That's not the point of that team. And I feel like Jed McKay is doing a mea culpa for the idea that the Avengers are the quote unquote police and there's legitimate supervillains that run around, but they're stopping fucking plane crashes. Yeah, it's important. Tell Quicksilver to go do that. Tell somebody else. Don't the Avengers have bigger things to do? The the other thing is too is like the the guy Sam Wilson, uh, Captain America, stopping the guy from driving, showed that like oh he knew this was happening beforehand. He had that that future knowledge. The plane's already crashing. You couldn't tell those people to not get on the plane. Like if you're gonna <laughs> deal with this being like information we got from the future, don't you think you'd get to places before things got bad at all? You know, he just, I guess he gave the book. Avengers busy work to do, and mm-hmm. the, and he gave us busy work to read. And Carol was just there on her on her MacBook, <laughs> <laughs> pulling her hair out, just like where? Yeah, like like those people became hostages already. Like the Black Panther had to somehow scale a skyscraper to to get Balls, there, baby. But, yeah, I guess or his cool rocket ship uh, was a cool panel. Like the CF Villa art is good, though. I will give it that. He has a good, good Black Panther where it's like no frills. It's got like the old, like the the weird sock looking boots too that I really enjoy on a, on a, on a mm. classic Black Panther costume. Um, it's just it's not doing the whole MCUification of of a uh, of some costumes. So I think the CFL are very good. Murphy brings up a great question: uh, Would the Avengers <laughs> save the submarine billionaires? Yes, but not the uh the refugees trying to make it over in boats <laughs> oh no <laughs> he charged their ass namor would have destroyed that submarine already you know namor, that, no, no, that no, would no. just be the catalyst for a new namor is he good or bad story namor would like <laughs> look through the little people and be like just pop that shit another avengers run that i just that i'm just done with like I like Jed McKay, yeah. and I think it, this is not an all bad comic. So I'm sorry if I'm coming across that way. That's not my point, because I don't think that Jason Aaron's run was all bad, and I don't think it started bad. It's just that it's like, yo, but what's the point of this? Who's the big bad? What's the what's the big idea? To me, if you're gonna do a super <laughs> team, because the Avengers are a super team, sure. if you're gonna do a super team, if you're gonna have Thor. And fucking Captain Marvel on the same team. They should not be rescuing cats from trees. <laughs> it's common yeah, sense. I, I, like, I like that it's picking up that timeless thread. But boy, that should have happened last issue. Like, whatever this impossible city is, we should have been seeing that. And, Sean, do you also have trouble seeing White Kang now? Like, I can't. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's rough for me, bro. The white Kang just doesn't, and like, it's not Marvel's fault. Like, he's definitely yeah. always been white, but like, my man is black <laughs> in the movies, 
and then he's just white as fuck in the comics, and I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm having whiplash. Because in the comics, Majors. in the comics, I just see him purple, like he's blue, he's blue right. and purple. Like I know right. he does, he's not as unmasked as much. So like, I was just like, yo, this dude's white as hell. All this of a sudden, like, they just want to show Kang's like, white body. Yeah, it looks like he'd be in that submarine, you know? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's 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 rough, it, it, and that you know. I love Kang. I think Kang's a great character. Um, and I was excited for the fact that he would be here. But it's like, all right, so he's dying. And he's, he, you know, of course, like everybody else that's dying, they can't just get to the point. Um, <laughs> you can't just die. <laughs> just say the, say the fucking thing so I can get you help. Yeah. I don't he know. dies like a Roger I, Rabbit character. Just, uh, uh, yeah, like, oh, ah, uh, oh, uh, I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bugs Bunny ass. <laughs> oh man uh yes yes no Catherine. this is not negative whiplash this is this is well it is negative but this ain't even whiplash this is all this is rough <laughs> for me I, yeah i hate to talk negatively about a comic created by creators who i genuinely like but avengers is not for me i don't know what i'm waiting for but this ain't this is not what i was waiting for I'm sorry. I mean, Hopefully you haven't read an Avengers book for years, so what else is new? <laughs> but that sucks for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, hey, you got Ultimate Invasion. There's your, there's your Avengers book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna pass. Ooh. Yeah, no thanks. Haven't sorry. read a, uh, haven't read an Avengers book in years. Don't need to. <laughs> Apparently, man, the Jim Zub Avengers stuff that was kind of off on the side was so good. You guys should like that. There's some good stuff there. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass. Hmm. Come on, Tyler, join the bandwagon. Just get on that shit. I can't, man. I've read every Avengers issue since Bendis. That doesn't mean you have to like it. I'm, I'm not saying I do. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm pulling it because I have to. But are but are you recommending it for other people? Um. I don't know. I don't know because I don't. Uh, as of as where where it stands now, no. If I can okay, tell so, okay, where, so you don't. <laughs> I will pull. I can't recommend people to pull. Is that is that fair? Fine. Um, yeah, because I can't be see Kang where the story's here. going yet. Look, uh, do I if, recommend it? I, I'm gonna keep reading it, so I'll report back. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling a can. What can I say? Um, I'll report back. Though. I'll report back if this, if this starts getting you know traction. I'll, I'll let you know. I'm gonna keep buying it. My pass is for the people. My pass is to say it's to signify because I I'm a sucker. I have way more Jason Aaron Avengers books than I actually read, so I'll oh, still buy this. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that there's a reason to, uh, in the sense that if you're if you if you bought it and you enjoy what Jed McKay is doing, then that's great. But for my sensibilities, considering we just read Ultimate Invasion and how good that was, it's like why would I read this when I could read that? Anyway, we've got a whole DC side of the reviews to do, so we're going to move along and talk about the other issue, too, that dropped this week. Of course, Avengers and Titans are on the same release schedule, so we are speaking about Dawn of DC Titans number two, Death in the Family, by Tom Taylor, with art by Nicholas Scott. Colors by Annette Kwok and Wes Abbott on the letters. 
Hey, remember when um Wally died? Wale? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Like what'd you expect? Him to be dead. I didn't. I knew this was gonna happen. Oh well. You've never read one of these before? Never read a flashbook before? No. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the flash doesn't make cameos in Swamp Thing, apparently, so he doesn't. Quick question. Did I miss something? Did I miss a reason, an explanation as to why Wally wasn't present prior? Because they found his body. Sure. But the guy's alive. So they didn't pick up a phone and say, hey, um, your your husband's dead. They didn't. Uh, they, they didn't. But check they in. Did. Yeah, they did. Where yeah, they was did. he? Where where was he at? Like, why didn't he arrive? Because he was going to be there. Why wasn't he there? Why did they hear from him? I think the whole issue one was like, oh, while he's busy today, he's going to come eventually. Um, so that when we do see him and he's dead, it's like, oh, shit. But like then that issue two is like, all right, we got to figure out what happened. And they call Linda and stuff. And then Wally answers. So yeah, um, I was at home. I was making a cake. I just assume every flash is late, too. So is that a as thing? a Puerto Rican, he's running on it Puerto Rican time yeah, constantly. In this book, so. I appreciate that you said as a Puerto Rican, just to give yourself the I gotta, gotta the cover, shield. Gotta cover yeah, <laughs> the shield. I know my family is sometimes. So. Yeah. It, all it says is, sorry, I'm late. In issue two, he doesn't give he doesn't give a reason for where he was or anything. The reasoning, Sean, is oops. Yeah. Plot. Yeah, mm. basically. Which is fine. In my like, I, I, that didn't really bother me in this. It felt like typical Flash hijinks. Uh, th- this felt kind of like uh, I don't know, run of the mill, just whatever story. I, I, nothing about it was. Uh, I don't know, revelatory. Alan okay. says he was in hiding from Cypher. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, well, you guys won't let me be because I know for a fact we're going to put Flash Oh yeah, on the poll. Well, you know, I'd be a dick if I didn't include it in the main show. But like, if I put it on the poll, I know you're going to vote for it. And it's just like, you're making me suffer. Why target me? Uh, look, I don't want an AD either. <laughs> I'm not voting it. for that. I like Sysbury. <laughs> I like Sysbury. Well, do you like? Well, never mind. Anyway, uh, how much do you like Tom Taylor on Titans? Because I'll say this: I have two. I have two things to say. Yeah. One is, I enjoyed seeing them sort of like just save the environment. Um, I didn't like seeing the Avengers do it because the Avengers are like every <laughs> one of them is a super is a super team by themselves. Like yeah. they're all extremely powerful. Vision, the whole Black point. Panther, all those guys. Are you, you making like, a joke? You named like the two least <laughs> powerful. <laughs> you said the Avengers. I would ar- I would argue that Vision is more powerful than half of the Titans, but I digress. I that I okay. Are you going to do that right here? Well, let's oh, see. I, I agree with Nightwing. you, Sean. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so so the point is, right, that the Avengers are an extremely powerful team. I feel like they should be doing a little more. Seeing the Titans just save the environment and, and they're young people, that's the idea of them as far as I understand them. 
I thought that that all was cool. I had no issues with that. Even brother blood. Sorry. I think they're our age here. Well, not young right? people. The, 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 to me, that's young people. They, you know, yeah, like the right. Avengers are not. They're that's not them. My you know? bones say otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you better look in the mirror, my friend. <laughs> wow, that's so rude. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway. So, and then having read the Judas contract, mm. seeing Brother Blood was mm. kind of cool uh, for me as someone who just read that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't dislike this comic. I enjoyed aspects of it, but something has to happen. Uh, some of the, the interactions and dialogue between the characters felt a little stiff, and that was something that I think dragged the book down a little bit for me. Um. That was my probably only critique on Tom Taylor's part is that usually I feel like he's a bit tighter and, and, and cleaner about conversation and dialogue where this one wasn't the case. I felt this is very much a Tom Taylor book. Like it even has a, an environmental catastrophe that the heroes have to defend themselves against. Yep. It is a Tom Taylor staple at this point. Um, and I think that even juxtaposed with the opening, uh, opening sequence, which I really enjoyed, it was like, Titans getting ready to bust down Brother Blood's, you know, uh, uh, church ceremony or whatever. And the Justice League already did it, you know. Um, so so that showing like, where where do we exist in this world? And now in the present day when the Justice League doesn't exist, or apparently they just don't want to exist, which I don't get that. Um, them having to do something on this big of a scale, like taking down Brother Blood's one thing. Um Saving the entire rainforest is a whole nother thing, you know, and then having and, and seeing where, you know, how they kind of they've grown and deal with, you know, tackling that big of a task is interesting. And, and I like how even the bit where, you know, Nightwing talks about having his own like a uh, 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 Batman-esque contingencies for everyone, um, but him being open with it, showing the difference between Nightwing and Batman. Um, I thought that was good. I, I like the character interactions in here. Once again, Cyborg does nothing, so I'm a little worried about that. Um, he he he's just background fodder, but like the stuff with like Beast Boy and Raven is fun. I the 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 little bit with you know Starfire and Donna Troy was interesting. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, but the the only two words I got for this is Nicola Scott. Like what the hell? Sheesh. Good stuff. Really? There there oh. was some. Yeah, I felt, I felt like it was very stiff. Yeah, same. I think some of the the emotive, like, like Nicola Scott can draw faces and 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 show emotions of characters really well. I think the action mm. action sequences could be. I agree. Could look a little stiff sometimes. Um, but like I pulled a page up here when they were like fighting. You know, they're, they're trying to get the rainforest down. Even even uh eagle version of beast boy is emoting in his facial expressions like i thought that that small little thing kind of jumped out to me like oh how do i how can i tell an eagle is worried about something that's a pretty good job to do that um but i don't disagree with you that some of the some of the things were a little stiff yeah i don't know i mean i i felt like even even though some of those face moments everybody had kind of a, the same expression it was like this like slightly agape mouth teeth showing eyes slightly slanted you're just like like and and that kind of persisted um 
the I, I had I had difficulty with some of the art, like even in, in some of the form up front, mm. people feel smaller or like uh, the anatomy is not a hundred percent. This was there were moments where it'd be clean, like what you have here, uh, Tyler, and then there are other moments where it just felt dissonant, and I I I, I think it was unequal. That's fair. I think the uh, the the news interview with Brother Blood is one of those where it's just like, all right, here's mm. here's six panels look the same sure um i normally like nicola scott um when she was on when she was on wonder woman by greg rucka uh and nicola scott she was drawing wonder woman 90 percent of the time and i thought that you know of course the character looked excellent but she was also splitting time uh with uh liam sharp on that so i felt like she had a little bit more maybe more time um and then also she was drawing a character who she clearly was very comfortable with um like this nightwing face for example just something is Mm. not right with that yeah those up front pages in particular like yeah i think there are a lot of instances where the male characters in particular just don't look right. And I'm not sure what that's about. Beast Boy, man. I yeah. don't know what's going on there. Yeah, Beast Boy just looks rough. Uh, Beast Boy can't do shit. I just realized. I'm like, uh, I'm. he's being. He's such an integral part of the Titans. And then he's like, I'm going to go you know, direct the animals to safety. And, and then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, what can you do against like a forest fire and fighting? Ant- yeah, what are you gonna do, bro? You're sitting there with a I mean, what's Nightwing gonna do? Like he's gonna come with a fucking a fire, <laughs> you know, like a, a, a water hose. Oh, yeah. a fire I mean, that's why he didn't go. <laughs> At least Beast Boy can can help the animals, and that's what I like about the Titans too. Um, is one of the things, anyways, is that like they do have a little bit of a unique uh, makeup. Where you could, as a writer, you can do things like that. Like most teams, again, to reference the Avengers, if the Avengers are dealing with a fire on this magnitude, there's not going to be a panel of Iron Man corralling the animals. But to me, that's also important. So I was glad that they did show that, and then Beast Boy is able to be that character who can convey that. Beast Boy is like the Pee Wee Herman saving the animals from the pet store. Let's not even reference Pee Wee Herman. Are you anti-Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Scary looking what a, dude. What a what a position to take. Um how how does this uh stack up for you, Sean, against uh the Wolfman Teen Titans stuff? Because I it's been a minute since I've read it, but I I thought this felt the relationships and everything felt really good to me. Yeah, especially yeah, for sure. Thinking about issue one, looking at issue two, definitely the relationships feel there. Um, and even kind of the more relaxed nature of the book where there are sequences yeah. of them just chilling on the couch, um, that all feels consistent. But I felt like even in the Wolfman run, and maybe I'm, you know, aggrandizing it too much, but I felt like there was a nice interweaving of like the 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 propulsion of the the story and the relationship of the characters being highlighted. Whereas this feels like it's moving slower for some reason and it's covered less ground in the same amount of time. 
Yeah, it's the style now. Just yeah, decompressed yeah. comics, one hundred percent. Um, I'm gonna pull. It's not an incredibly enthusiastic pull. I like this enough, certainly more than Avengers. Um, I really need something to happen though. I don't see how you're gonna tell me this is the premier team of DC superheroes and then they're just doing nothing but putting out forest fires. Not to denigrate mm-hmm. that, that is important, but there has to be a bigger thing at play, and we haven't really seen that. It's building really slowly. But I, I I'm inclined to give Tom Taylor the rope. Yeah, a, I'll pull. It's a pull for me too. I yeah. like the characters enough where I want to see more of them. Yeah. Pull it. Yeah. All right. And now we are on to the listener pick. The This is the book that won the listener pick poll, which is up on Twitter uh, every single Friday. You have until Wednesday to vote. There are four options, and whichever one the majority of you pick is what we will review. This week, Wonder Woman eight, Wonder Woman number eight hundred one. I've got, and 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 again, one was for me and one was for my cousin Bean Sartley. So don't uh, don't judge me. Sure, but yeah. I've got the the regular cover A, and then I've got the David uh, Nakayama um, variant cover. So uh, this was by a lot of people. The creative team is absolutely enormous. Uh, the upfront stuff is written by Becky Cloonan uh, and Michael Conrad with art. I'm just going to list every artist right now. Uh, Joel Jones, Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, Nick Robles, Todd Knox, Skylar Partridge, Cully Hamner, and Jen Bartell with art or with colors by uh, Jordi Belair, Tamara Bonvillain, and Jen Bartell. Letters by Pat Brousseau. Um, and then, of course, Yannick, Yannick Paquette did the cover. It's pretty cool that they got him back for this, considering his relationship to Wonder Woman through Wonder Woman Earth One. Mm. Um, I think this was my pick of the week. What? Get out of here, dude. So, so it's between this and Ultimate Invasion, and there wow. is okay. a large majority of this that makes me feel like this is my number one, and then an aspect of it that makes me feel like this is not my pick of the week. So I thought that the story by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad was fantastic. I thought the dialogue was absolutely crisp and on point. The art is insane. And I enjoyed every aspect of it. In fact, I'll go a step further. I actually teared up reading this. I thought and it was, I, oh, okay, I thought, I thought you, you were leaving the room there. I was going to say, I thought it was incoherent. <laughs> um, really? I don't know what it was trying to do. Um, I thought it was what? leading up to, like, her deciding to build her daughter out of clay, like, because they, you know, it ends with the, with, you know, her mother, uh, and so, well, it actually ends with, I guess, the writers, um, but I don't know what it was trying to do. I thought... The stuff I thought the art was great. I you know seeing uh, I got some of the pages here. The Joel Jones stuff uh, looks like it wasn't traced this time, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> the Todd Knox stuff, which which was great. You know he draws big hair to Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um. So from an art standpoint, it's fine. I just didn't really understand what they were trying to do outside of like, hey, these are the people that matter to Wonder Woman, and 
because of that, this is who Wonder Woman is. Um, I thought that the stuff with Superman was a little weird. <laughs> um, I thought the stuff with Batman was a little weird. I, I agree. I thought it, it was um, the the Jen Bartel pages. I love Jen Bartel art. I think her interiors showed that she doesn't normally do interiors. Mm. Um, and the way Superman was holding Wonder Woman, I'm like, bro, Lois gonna find out, buddy. Like, <laughs> I love that, that was a little weird. Um, that one panel with like the little icicles sticking through and shit. He's holding her and like he's got you know he's holding that waist. He don't I he knows what it. he's doing. He's not reaching for that lasso. Um, but and then and, and the Batman stuff made Batman look like you know Batman's got like BPD or something. Like he just it was a weird take on Batman almost being uh un unhinged in a way where he loses control um yeah i didn't really understand the point of it all did they make reference to it at the end the metaphor being she is the dream of the mascara and her her daughter was a dream and and so like this sequence makes sense but i don't i didn't like this as a tool to introduce us to the character and her players because you don't you get to see her interact with them in like these uh, either idealized or kind of truncated pieces and then they don't directly connect into the next one so there's not like a through line of yes we saw Yara and like this is the story and the narrative yeah. that's going to bring us into Donna and then Cassie and um, because of that I feel like I got lost amongst what the what Becky wanted us to get across until I hit that last piece and I'm like Fine, I get it, but I don't think it functioned well as uh, as a narrative device, and that was my only gripe with it. And some of the art pieces here and there, um, but otherwise, I, I much preferred the second part of this. The so Tomkin has, has has a pretty good point. I think that's how I feel. It's like he says, um, as a longtime DC reader, I thought this was more about how the writers wanted readers to view their version of Wonder Woman, not how the other characters viewed her. Mm. So what I liked about it was that it felt, first of all, none of this stuff from what I can tell even happened. Sure. Yeah. So analyzing, you know, the, the relationship between Superman and, and, and uh, Wonder Woman is not really like, that's not the point. Um, And Batman's Batman's uh, persona, this is in his mind. So it's clearly the version of Batman, Batman separate from Bruce Wayne not Bruce Wayne Batman. Those are those are two different things. So he's looking she's looking at Batman, the the monstrous angry version of Bruce that exists in him. And then she's speaking with Bruce the child. So they're not like, the same character. I took that as like a like he's going through a nightmare kind of situation. Yeah, I thought she was re- uh, reaching out to these people via their dreams. How I was Yeah, she is. But that's yeah. what I'm I mean that but that's a version of Bruce yeah in his in his mind uh in the conversation with yada floor uh i love wonder woman's dialogue there she makes a statement about like what what she is what they're supposed to be uh she says we're the rocks that break the waves of anger we're the sin eaters of the world a symbol where they can place their hate who would this burden fall upon if not us Mm -hmm. and 
for me, that was a huge statement about who Wonder Woman is. Wonder Woman is very much the mirror. She is the person who says, hey, whatever it is you think is cool, this is what it is. I am always going to have compassion. I'm always going to deflect anger. I'm always going to deflect hate. That's not what I'm about. Your hate breaks on my body. And I thought that that was a, a powerful statement about who Wonder Woman is as a person. And that's the role she always plays in DC, which is the exact reason why Grant Morrison made her uh, like put on that crazy helmet and accept the anti-life equation in Final Crisis because she is love in DC Comics. And so I really loved that. Um, and I love the fact that she paid Bruce a visit and that she actually, in a weird way, helped him. You know, when he says to her, um, I'm in pain all the time and I look to you because you're my rock, I believe it. I believe he's in pain all the time. Yes, I do believe that. And I believe that that's the role that Wonder Woman probably plays in a lot of people's lives. So I was really surprised when you guys said that um, you felt that this was uh, inconsistent because I think it's completely consistent with everything I've ever read of Wonder Woman. I said it was incoherent. I just thought like in terms of the the book ending of what was happening and why it was happening was just like all right I don't fine. was there a a part one to this no the dream the oh 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 yeah like why no, was she the, why did she need one healing to the the dream I, I I I had a question on that as well yeah I was I have sure. no idea okay I the woman of whatever it was I do know yeah, the previous team happened. was Becky Cloonan and uh, Michael W Conrad or W Michael Conrad. So probably in like a previous issue, like seven ninety nine, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it, but it very much felt like a celebration of the character, which is typical for issue eight hundreds or you know milestone issues in general. Um. They got an incredible group of artists. I thought for the most part, you know, the art was really good, and I, you know, I enjoyed the story. Um. But let let's move on. Oh, and I also wanted to point out real quick before we do move on that uh, Joni Larer, also known as China, makes what I makes an appearance in this comic book, the WWE the superstar was? China. I mean, obviously, I'm kidding, but like that <laughs> looks exactly like China, does it not, Tyler? Uh, I mean, except alive, but yeah. What is wrong with you? Whoa, that's right. Jesus Christ, <laughs> you guys are just crazy today. Don't let me in with them. No, yeah, you're you're good. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the second story, uh, Trinity by Tom King and Daniel Semper, uh, the incoming creative team for Wonder Woman, with Tam Tamu Moray on colors, and of course Clayton Cowles on letters. A very familiar creative team. Um, uh, right before that, uh, uh, Kale, just to confirm, uh, the part one was in seven ninety nine. It was also a whole. It was a whole issue of Dream Sequence. Great. Thank I you. Explain a lot. Yep. Someone talk about it. I feel like we're going to disagree a lot on all this stuff. Um, um, I liked it. I had, a, I had fun with it. I thought this was the better half of the issue. Yeah, I agree. Seeing Same. Damien, seeing that Damien bat suit, like right away, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Give me that. Um, 
And the Samper art, it's almost like a Tony Daniel mixed with Clay Man sort of feel to it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoy the Samper art, and I, and I like this new dynamic. It, it is an evolution of the Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne dynamic, because they're obviously older here. It's in the future. And they threw in this, this, this wrench of Trinity. Um, and she's like this smarmy little sister. Yeah. But apparently the strongest yeah. out of all of them, too. Um, I enjoyed that. I liked seeing this, this, these, this trio together. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see more. Um, will we ever? Who knows? You know, we thought we were going to have you out of floor for a while, too. So who knows? Um, but but I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I like her. I like the way that she bounces off of them. Yeah. She, she's sassy. And if she feels like a, a, some amalgamation of each individual. Like she has the sass from, uh, from some of Yara's stuff. She seems to be playful in the same way that, like, maybe uh, Donna Troy might be. You have Wonder Woman just being as stoic as she needs to in certain moments. Like, there, there are little things you can pick out and combine to be this individual. That, yeah, I, I think it, I think it worked well, and it was interesting that she said she was the leader of the Justice League. I can kind of see that, and kind of see, see her being like a. She seems like a good supervisor, like a good boss. Like I, yeah, I'd follow you to do something. Corporate Marco, here we go. <laughs> um, I just think, like, in terms of like just the dynamic, like Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, it's a good dynamic. But in terms of personality, there is some overlap there. Um, this one, like Damien, is obviously the you know the dark brooding type, where you know Jonathan's the the, the Boy Scout, and Trinity isn't either of those. She is kind of the rebel and a little bit of a smartass. And I like that because Wonder Woman's not that. So that dynamic isn't really part of the original Trinity. Yeah. Uh, Trinity. Um, so it kind of sets this distinctive uh, from, from what we're used to. I found it kind of annoying, actually. <laughs> Let's wait for that. <laughs> um, it was I, – I liked it at first, but it just kept going. and. Like, I felt like for a while that was all she was offering. To grief. Well, and just, oh, you guys are so slow. Oh, I can't believe you're just sitting here standing around. Oh, you guys suck. I just, all right. Damn. I just felt like there could have been more done in that respect, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I found Trinity to be annoying. And quite frankly, Tom King, you know, he loves to talk about what's going to happen in the future. And it's like, why are you bothering? It's not a future that's ever going to come. This is not a character that is going to supplant Wonder Woman in the future when Wonder Woman dies and all these characters are gone. 5G is not happening. So this is not real. Um, and I'm, I, I don't care about this. Like seeing... Damian Wayne in the Batman costume, you know, that was teased in Grant Morrison's Batman 666. I don't give a shit. Nope. And that's one of my favorite runs of all time. You know why I don't care? Because it ain't going to happen. And it was the implication of that that was the point at that time. It wasn't, it, mm. it was a cool ass tease, but that's not all it was meant to be. It was a warning. This is just like, Okay, yeah, wow. So he grows up and becomes Batman. Big whoop. 
see, I'm not viewing it that I'm not even viewing this as like, this is the future of the DC universe. Like, obviously it isn't. You know, we're going to have Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman for eternity. Like, that's just how it's going to be. But this was more of like, all right, I would be interested to see where the budding version of this dynamic starts as. Because I think like Damien's stuck. Jonathan's sticking. It doesn't mean Trinity can't stick as Trinity, not as a Wonder Woman replacement. You know what I mean? Like Damien's never going to replace Batman fully. Jonathan can't. Oh, he has replaced Superman before, but it's never going to be permanent. Um, so seeing like that as a potential in current DC continuity is like, yeah, I want to see where that goes. I can care less of the actual plot of the story. Cause I agree. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to see it. We'll see like maybe allusions to it in the present day because it is a wonder woman book we're dealing with and it's going to be present day. So, um, but yeah, I was but, just more a fan of the, but, the dynamic and the art, but that's the whole point. Like, we're reading a comic like if the plot is if if this is bullshit right like if it's never going to come to pass and the plot is bunk then that's then that's it like what the hell am i here to care about why are we you can't read any time travel books like you know what time travel books generally have a point and i don't know what the point was because we're never this this here this specific thing that's happening is very unlikely to be an incredibly relevant thing uh, to DC Comics. And, and you're saying the potential lack of permanence is affecting your reading? 100%. Okay. 100%. For me, it's just all three grading personalities. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think these are good representations of those characters older at all. Yeah, this is a DC future that I dread. This was... These characters suck. Damn, I'm kind of <laughs> into it. Yeah, me too, Marco. I'm, and also, like, I feel wrong agreeing with you, but yeah. <laughs> no, baby, you just, sometimes I'm just right, you know? But the art was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Clay Man, or I'm sorry, not Clay Man. That's uh, what I thought Daniel's when I was there. reading it. <laughs> yeah, um, and Tamuma Ray are, are an incredible team. Uh, they've worked together. I think they work together exclusively. I'm not 100% sure about that. Oh, but... Timo Moray is Clayman's artist. I don't know if it's Sam Paris. Uh, sorry, colorist. So I know Timo okay. Moray has worked with other people before. Specifically yeah, in Tom so... King books, too, which is interesting. I I, I did want to shout out the... Uh, I, I, Tyler, actually, I, I should have sent you this one ahead of time. But where we see her the opening, like it, that's where the title card is. The, the splash page with her... Uh, and she's just standing on the rock posing and then like DC presents Trinity. I'm like, Oh, that was a good, that was good. Good title card placement. Just good way to like, cause sometimes you'll get the cheesy, like Batman or wonder woman in there, whatever font. This was not that just a natural extension of this is a page break. Let's do this. Keep it rolling. I thought it was good. Uh, I'm going to pull, I mean, it's six bucks. So that is a hefty price point. Um, not cheap. So if that price, if you brought, if you bulk at that price point, then I don't think that there's anything here that's going to make you go, you know what? I'm glad I spent $6 on this. Um, but for me, uh, I, I got something out of the, the, the Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad stuff, not so much the Tom King, Sam Pear stuff. Although the art is a spectacle to behold for sure. I'm pulling. This is, and I'm excited for the first issue. I think the last two pages 
did a good enough job to bring to want to bring me in and be like okay this is the this is the next step in these guys specific story it's a uh it's a pass for me um it's a pass but it will be a pull for tom king's run once that starts in december uh no september sorry we still have uh two months to wait for that one so Marowak Oscuro says, then character, uh, then not even the Legion of Superheroes have meaning. No, that's not what I'm saying because the Legion of Superheroes represents a version of like their stories are the current for them. So you can fall in love with the Legion, you can enjoy those characters, you can enjoy their stories. That's a that's an ongoing narrative with them. They just it just happens to be in the future of current DC. Whereas this is not something that we're going to see expanded upon dramatically. There's not going to be a book that follows these three characters. There's not, 5G's not happening. So if that's not going to happen, then why do I care about this one-off story with these three characters? Yeah, they'll probably reference it again, but ultimately, what is it going to matter? Um, And that's how I feel about it. And also the Legion of Superheroes have been reset because of various events in the past about 40 times so uh, i mean you're right <laughs> like yeah like I, i'm not gonna say that the legion of superheroes don't matter to people who they matter to because clearly you know there are people that want to read their stories but let's not kid ourselves right like you know that's a future a, a quote-unquote future that people don't care about as much as they care about whatever's happening in mainline DC. That's just the way it goes. All right. Uh, what are we reading? What you guys been reading? Let's talk about it. I don't know the, I forgot the order of this. So let's see. Uh, oh, I'm up first. Um, I checked out the new issue of uh, Nightwing 105 came out today Ooh. or Tuesday. Um, good? I am behind a Nightwing. But this is one of those Bruno Redondo uh, gimmick issues where everything's in the first person. Uh, and it was just like how, how I like my porno, you know? But no, I'm just joking. That was a joke, guys. That was, that was a joke. POV stuff. Never mind. That was from Marco. Now it just feels weird. Um, I wrote that ahead of time. Um, and it is gorgeous, this book. Holy hell. Uh, the way that everything is drawn. Like, I don't even know how Bruno Redondo would even, like, do this you know what i mean like it, it it's such a weird take on everything being in the first person like how do you know what that looks like without seeing it you know what i mean so i i pulled a page from it with uh the uh nightwing riding a motorcycle and how you can see him turning and then the the his view in the side mirror uh changes as well and the angle of it that's sick. Um, and i'm also just very <laughs> cognizant of side mirrors lately um so it's yeah, I just thought it was it's really good. And, and even though I'm like probably ten issues behind on Nightwing, to be honest. Damn, um, really? I read chronol I read alphabetically of uh, as much as I can. So like I'll always read Avengers, that'll always be there. Um Nightwing's an N. So that and X Force are I'm having trouble catching up to those. Um But yeah, so I thought this was this is good. It's good. It was nice to check this out. I'm excited to to read this one. Yeah. Uh Sean, you wanted to talk a little about about Tokyo Ghost? We read Tokyo Ghost uh, for our book club. We recorded on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, like I said at the top, I've still been having feelings about this book. Um, it is it is absolutely incredible. If you have not ever read Tokyo Ghost, 
from Rick Remender and Sean Gordon Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth. Um, you really should. Uh, it's hard to talk about what the book is about, but I guess in a general sense, it's about a, a future world that is completely succumbed to the addiction of technology. And there's one place left that is absent of that. And that's Tokyo. And these two lovers go there on a mission, a mission they think they're on one, but the woman she's trying to save her man from his addiction to technology. And it's sort of about, you know, um, the way that all unfolds and how hard it is to save someone from their addiction. So um, it's a tremendous book. I highly encourage you to read it, not just because we did a book club on it, because I, I really think it's it's fantastic work from two creators who were at the top of their game and really just felt like being reckless, especially if you're a fan of Rick Remender. This is very much a particular time. You can tell that like this is his way out of Marvel. Like the book is literally about going from like an extreme hyper world to a calm, peaceful world. I feel like that's Rick's journey out of Marvel into creator owned. So um, I think it's cool as hell. And I highly recommend that anybody read it. Uh, and then you wanted to talk about Tenement. Yep. Uh, so Tenement was is by uh, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart. I decided to read it because um, we caught a little flack uh, on the Discord for not reading this book and not reading... Um, you know, non-superhero books this week. And I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it is good. Uh, it's very good. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, very capable creative team. I understand this is a part of a larger, like, universe that I don't know anything about. Yeah. yeah. So I was really coming into this just fresh, just reading this issue. And while nothing really happens, I did start to care about the individual characters. Um, so that was cool. And Sorrentino is, tr is a tremendous artist. One of my favorite books in the last few years was the one that I think it was the same creative team they did with the the alien or the uh, the astronaut dog. Oh, um, fuck. was that Sorrentino? Yes, Wasn't that, that was. Uh, no, no, Christian was... Ward. No, it was no, Sorrentino. No. Was it? Oh, yeah, okay. it's the same team. The exact same team. I can't remember the name, but that was yeah, a great yeah, book, yeah. and uh, I enjoyed this one as well. So. I will say with I mean this this was a, a poll option, right? Yeah. If if you want if you really want us to read a book, campaign. Screw it. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. So if you want, you know, get people make more accounts, tell people to vote for it. Feel free. Uh, yeah. Sean Primordial. Thank you. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Good shit. Very good. Uh and then I have the controls here. I forgot. Um uh, okay, come uh, Marco Swamp Thing uh, Corner. What? Is, what is this? What are you reading? Annuals right now? What is this? Uh, I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a whole bunch of stuff. This page in particular that um, Tyler pulled up. I have a shout out in one of my more recent in my more recent newsletter. Uh, this is Scott Eaton, who's just Ooh. crushing it on art, um, bringing the aesthetic back to an older style. Um, back when uh, Yeats was on the book, when set and Toddleman were, were uh, doing the art so really big uh, a really big moment in the history of the character um, and in their like relaunch of the Swamp Thing line leading into Vertigo so uh, there's a lot of stuff mixed into this 
and I've just been having a, a whole bunch of fun coming back to to Nancy Collins stuff because I'd forgotten just how good she does. Um, this next one is a monster that she talks about or creates rather in the annual where she first actually writes her first story before leading into the um, first issue de- debut issue that she has some pirates over here, like ghost demon pirates and stuff like a lot of fun things happen in this, in this run. And it comes back to real basic, um, uh, meat and potatoes, just horror comics. Marco, you're reading this on the DC Unlimited app, all right? Yes. And they don't have the annual. So I actually had to dig through one of them, two of them actually for this reread. So my question is like, in terms of coloring, is that a distinct difference from, I feel like digital colors on, on stuff like this, just like, you know, they, they pop a little bit more on the pages. They're obviously worn, um, for some of the, for depending on like the grade and the quality of the book. So some of the pages do get affected and kind of wane a little bit. I think, uh, the paper stock that they got printed on doesn't lead to sort of the same kind of vibrancy. So I do prefer it on the iPad just because you can kind of turn okay. up the brightness and, you know, maybe that's not the best thing for your eyes, but I think for the fidelity of the art i sorry about that for the fidelity of the art i do enjoy uh reading it on the ipad okay uh but yeah we also have some pals polls for what we want to read next week so sean amazing spider-man number 28 yo listen um someone said last week that i'm the the sole apologist <laughs> for amazing spider-man at this point and i gotta tell you I'm cool with that. This book is awesome. I can't get enough. I've been having so much fun reading it. Um, it feels good to be reading Spider-Man again and being jazzed about it. You know, all the haters, like, I get it. I totally understand. You're valid. But guess what? Someone's enjoying this book. Otherwise, it wouldn't be number one. And I count myself among those people. This shit is good. And you also want to check out, uh, to no surprise to anyone, uh, X Men Before the Fall, The Heralds of Apocalypse, number one. Your boy's back. We've been waiting so long for the return of Apocalypse, and it's finally happening. I can't think of a better writer in the X Men stable to handle this than Al Ewing. I think he's going to bring the uh, level of intensity to it and the level of gravitas to it that it needs. So I'm very excited to see Apocalypse come back, and I'm excited to see what Apocalypse thinks about the current state of Krakoa. The Is he going to deem them worthy? <laughs> I'm excited for the death to come back. I like that dog dude. He's cool. Um, and then hell, Dan Waters is the season of teeth number three. Yeah, you want us to read uh, uh, indie books and not superhero books? Go pick this up. The seasons have teeth rules. And then on the other side of the Kel spectrum, Power Rangers Unlimited, the coinless number one. Listen, I'm a simple man. I like my Power Rangers without coins. Um, this is a a new what seems to be a new uh anti ranger team is being formed by Mistress Vile. I'm not positive who that is, but uh, she is uh letting Draken lead a a group of um dark Power Rangers. Um, so I'll give that a try. So the coinless means they don't have like the medallion, right? To transform. Is that the that coins. Means? Yeah. I don't. I know nothing about Power Rangers. I was just curious. 
Uh, I want to check out Batman Brave and the Bold number two. That first issue had me going with the Mitch Jarrods art uh, on that Joker story. So excited to see where that goes. And we have some authority on the side too. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I'm also, I also want go, go ahead, Cal. Sorry, is it still uh, Gerards and King and Gerards? It's still the same teams that were doing those stories in the first issue, continuing that. Oh, that's right. I think it might be three stories. issues or three or four or something that, that will cycle that's out right. eventually. That's right. Um, but for now, it's still them. Uh, and I want to check out Blue Book, number five. I've been reading this. This is a Tinian book with uh, Michael Abe on Oming. Oh, an art yeah. That is dealing with the actual story of uh, what's, the, what's the husband and wife that got, you know, quote unquote, abducted. Oh, yeah. We tell um, we talk about this all the time. I know, I know, but it, it's telling their story, um, and it's the, what we see on the cover is what the interiors are like. It is all just this blue, white, and black. Yeah, um, it's weird, and it's fun, and it's a it's a topic that really interests me. So, um, Tinian doing these like conspiracy books on the side really scratches my itches, man. It's it's a good sector of uh, comics that I like. Barney and Betty Hill is who yes, is yes. the couple. Very very interesting book. Uh, and Marco, the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher chaos. Number one, this is a Tinian book. Um, so I'm, uh, just off that alone, going to try to pick it up. This is a dark horse book and their indie stuff is usually pretty good. Uh, the artist is going to be, um, Isaac Goodhart. So excited for that. I, I love seeing his interiors. And um, yeah, I, I'm just excited by by this premise. It's an LGBTQ plus horror hero coming of age story that is Invincible meets Doom Patrol. All right, yeah, you got me. Cool. So, so one note to that it looks like Tinian's the creator of it, but it is being written by Tate Bromble. Mm, so it might be okay. one of those situations where like big idea Tinian written sure. by somebody else. Uh, and uh, and I will be honest. I saw Christopher Chaos, but read Christopher Chance, and I'm like, "Yo, what? That's crazy! They got a new book coming out." I'm like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Oh, but it's uh, And then Marco, you want to check out uh, the smuttiest cover of Action Comics number 1056? Hey, I, I've been on this book. PKJ has been doing stellar things, man, and I've been having a lot of fun with this uh, with this arc. And it's finally coming to a close, so hopefully we get to see the resolution here because I think it has been dragging a bit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, excited for this. This has been real cool stuff. Yeah, that's what uh, we want to read next week. Yeah. And so uh, share what you're looking forward to with us, of course, and all the all the ways you can get in contact with us at the Comics Pals. Uh, there was a question earlier from Atomic Hound. Should you buy? I think it was uh, what omnibus were you asking about? Uh, oh, hundred bullets. No, it was Kelly Thompson's uh, Captain Marvel. Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel. Tyler, Ooh, is, that an, um, is that an omnibus there? that's coming out? Mm-hmm. I guess it's fifty issues or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, I am not. I have not read it, so I can't say. But I've heard good things. I haven't read it either. I have also heard good things. I think Kelly Thompson's pretty much a surefire bet at least as far as what I've read. Agreed. Um, but that's a lot of money to invest if you're unsure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like like I'll say this. Black Widow by Kelly Thompson knocked my socks off. Yeah. And Kelly, Kelly Thompson seems to be more emotionally connected to Captain Marvel. So if Black Widow was that good, 
I think it's a pretty good idea that Captain Marvel's probably strong. So worth your worth your dollars, maybe. My, my usually go to is uh, I have Marvel Unlimited. I read stuff there, and if I really like yeah. it, and I want it on my bookshelf, then I buy them. Buy them, man. Good advice. Yeah, but also absolutely. I'm gonna buy sometimes go out of print, so you kind of have to snag it while you can sometimes. But, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back for the main show this Saturday at 10:15 a.m. Eastern. As always, if you would like to listen to this show live and join the wonderful people who were with us throughout the main throughout this show, thank you so much for listening to us live. If you want to partake in that, that's every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you want to vote for what book we will read, uh, you you listeners get one particular book. You get to to uh, rise up to the ranks of being reviewed on the show. Uh, you can do that by heading to twitter.com slash thecomicspals. The poll opens up every single Friday, four different books on it. You get to vote for one, and whichever one the majority of you choose will be reviewed on here. Um, now, of course, the rest of the pals didn't care too, too much for Wonder Woman. Um, but at least for me, and even even for the rest of the pals, pretty good track record for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you guys have been doing a good job. Keep it up. Love when you vote. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next time. Until then, take care. See you next week.